Bleacher Creatures podcast. Bleacher Creature. 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 Bleacher Creature himself. And we are live. Episode 8 of the Bleacher Creatures podcast coming in hot. Once again, joining me from Canada is the one, the only, Mr. John. What's going on, Chief? How we doing? Surprised your dumbass hasn't froze up in Canada yet. Not yet, not yet. You built you built yourself a nice igloo, didn't you? Sure did. Yeah, you probably be hanging out with a polar bear and shit. Googled the steps. boy, boy. Just YouTube it. There's always instructions for <laughs> random ass yeah. shit on YouTube. All right. So I'm not even going to pretend that we can start this podcast in any other way, shape, or form. Because in, what, four days' time is the Super Bowl? Sure is. And as we promised y'all last week, uh, we are going to, I'm not going to say spend a whole lot of time on this game, but we're definitely going to talk about it. So yeah. b- before before we, we get down the rabbit hole, um, do you want to start off with a prediction or do you want to just start off with straight breakdown? Well... We could we could start with with that's a good question. Uh, we could start with a prediction, then go to a breakdown of why we think that. All right, give me a prediction and give me why. I'm gonna go. I I can't say the Patriots, even if I wanted to. I can't. Neither can so I. So obviously, I'm gonna take the Rams. Yep. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go thirty to twenty-seven Rams. All right, that's that's a good prediction. I am also going to take the Rams because part of me would die if I picked the Patriots. But this time I will go 34-31. Okay. Yeah, this this game to me has shootout written all over it. So I can't see any other way that both of these teams are under 28 points. I agree. Yeah. Um, on a bad offensive game, these guys can score over 30. That's so true. And the Rams, even without Cup, move the ball. You got Apparently they have two good running backs now, which makes them that much more you know hard to, hard to cover. And, and Gurley's got to be pretty fresh. So is Anderson. Well, did you, did you hear the thing that came out on Bleacher Report? I want to say it was either yesterday or the day before that said an opposing coach or GM said that Gurley is a terrible fit in the Rams system. No, I didn't see that. Oh, it was it was an anonymous, obviously anonymous coach or GM or right. somebody, but they they said that Gurley is getting less and less carries in their opinion because he's a terrible fit for McVay's offense. Which I don't. Why is he a terrible fit? What was the reason? Well, here's the thing: I can't really, I can't see a way that I can agree with that because Gurley in that system became the NFL's best running back. Yeah, I don't understand how. You know what, though? Running the ball, he doesn't seem to be as good of a fit this year. I mean, that's I mean that's true. I, this has definitely become the year of, I would say, Cooks and Woods. Well, Cooks, and, Woods, and Cup, obviously. Well, when Cup healthy. went right, went healthy. I, well, C.J. Anderson, when he was running the ball, was just going right through tackles. Mm-hmm. Well, C.J. Anderson's never going to beat you to the edge. He's not that kind of back. He's he's like a mini Jerome Bettis type, where he'd rather go between the tackles and just you know go in hard for four to six right. if he can get it. 
you know, that, that you know, the, he's not beating anybody on the friggin' sideline. I think C.J. Anderson has knowledge of how to play the Patriots in the playoffs via the walk-off in the snow against uh, New England a couple years ago, which makes him super valuable to that Rams team. But No, I agree. I just, I think that, you know, I think Gurley is key to this game, the passing game especially. Oh, for sure. Because you, you know that you, if you, the second you start running Gurley on routes, you make yourself that much more unstoppable, I'd say, or at least much, much harder to stop. Well, the, the big thing is Belichick, he always takes away your top, at least number one option, usually your top two, right? With he, the Rams, though, who is that top two? Right now. Right now, you'd have to say Cooks and Woods. Right, but did that? What you're saying is Todd Gurley beat me. Okay, I you think take that if you're the Rams, right? A thousand. Well, that's the thing. When you're the Rams and you have the spoil of riches on your offense, well, I wouldn't say the spoil of riches. I would just say that nobody's great except Gurley on paper, but he's not playing that way as of late. But nobody's. They're all on the same level. I mean, Josh Reynolds is no slouch either. Yeah, he came, he came out big against who was that Dallas. He had, he had himself a, a nice ball game? No, I think it was versus the Chiefs. No, I'm talking about in the playoffs. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, but he I'm had himself saying, a nice... He really yeah. came out during the regular season versus the Chiefs. Right. Well, point is, if you look at their receiver group, the Rams running back core, and Goff, plus that O-line, they're above average at worst in all four phases of your offense. And they're the best special teams yeah. group in the NFL without argument. They they're a little different from the Chiefs, and the Chiefs have one major playmaker in Hill and a secondary playmaker in Kelsey. Yep. The Rams don't really have playmakers. Their offense, their system is kind of the playmaker. Well, that, well, they, they are. You you could make the argument that they are the epitome of drafting according to your system. That's yes. I mean, there's there's no even even when McVeigh was drooling over Gerald Everett a couple years ago, he knew that Everett would be at least usable in that in that offense. Even though Higby, and he is, and I, I that's my guy. I think he's gonna have a huge game. Right, there always seems to be that unsung hero. You know, the Pats against Seattle had Malcolm Butler. Freaking. No, I think Gerald Everett and C.J. Anderson are gonna have big games. I really do. Yeah, I, listen, Belichick can prepare all he wants. And if he chooses to shut down, my guess would be based on how things are going, Robert Woods has to be one of the two guys he's going to want to shut down. Well, here's my here's my question, though. You only have one Gilmore. Do you shadow Gilmore on, you know, follow Woods the whole time, or do you have him hold down half the field and see who he's matched up with? No, I think that you have a matchup on Woods because they, they had Brandon Cooks last year, so – they know how to play him a little bit more than they would Robert Woods. So what do you think? Safeties just contain him over the top and hold him inside 20-yard routes? Inside yeah, 15? It, you definitely got to have a safety over the top on Woods. Um, and, and But the, the crazy part is they'll find so many ways to beat you. I mean, how many wide receiver screens do the Rams run? I mean, that's that's true. Well, But that that's the thing, though. The Rams, like you know, that the Patriots were able to win that game last week because they basically took out Tyreek Hill from that game. 
Yeah, but that wasn't that wasn't the thing. I, in my opinion, the Chiefs just ran out of time. I mean, if that if that let's just say overtime is a full fifteen minute quarter, I think the Chiefs win that game by fourteen points. Yeah. Well, whatever. I mean, yeah. Well, regardless and, of opinion here. Though, yeah. Go ahead. No. Though is that I don't think and I don't care how good Belichick is. I don't think he can shut out five players at once. I just don't think you can do that as a coach. No, you need you need like the elite Ravens of a couple years ago defense where you're just stacked at every. You need right. you, you need a certain level of excellence that Gilmore's having the best year of his career, no question. McCourty's that's that's one. So right, you, have, you know, and you know, Belichick's going to bring safety help. So that's one guy he'll shut down. Mm-hmm. But now you got to worry about C.J. Anderson running the ball between the tackles. Gurley running the ball, Gurley on screens and catching passes. You got to worry about wide receiver screens to Robert Woods. You got to worry about Brandon Cooks and Gerald Everett and Josh Reynolds. And they're off. The Chiefs' offensive line is not nearly as good as the Rams. Right. I mean, Mahomes is very mobile. Golf isn't, but you don't have to see Golf be mobile much ever. No, that's true. Yeah, I, I just part. There's a part of me that thinks the last thing you want to do. If you're New England, is is be kind of handcuffed to playing two like two safety formations the entire time on defense. I think you you would like that. Switching, I think they're going to be switching looks and doing running uh, formations that they never had before. The Patriots. That's very positive. I mean, you you I, Belichick's they, they so hard to pre- they, he's so hard to predict because you never know how deep any team's playbook is. No, and, but I think that they 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 were. Under talent, the, the talent they level they had versus the Chiefs, they were uh, they were overmatched. Yeah, but the Chiefs just have they don't have that many playmakers. They have two good playmakers, right, in Hill and Kelsey. Right, and the Chiefs' offensive line isn't that good. And you know you can rattle Mahomes a bit, right? You, 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 well, yeah, I, he's, I, a, he's a rookie. You, yeah, right. You hit him. He he's not going to know how to respond to that. Goff Goff can throw the ball short. Mm-hmm. He can throw the ball deep. He can throw his screens, and yeah. Mahomes throws his screens too, but Mahomes is more of I'm going to wait, 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 and I'm going to throw it deep. Golf isn't like that. Golf is going to take what you give him because he's more of a West Coast offense guy, right? Yeah. So, and that's why I think they have a better shot. I mean, I also think McVay is a better coach than Andy Reid, at least from an offensive scheme standpoint. Yeah. Listen, he went into New Orleans and. He had Goff running up to the receivers to tell them the place because they couldn't hear shit. Yeah. Now, whether, you know, that call was a call or not, they still were in the game and in the position to win the game at the end. And right. they, they did win. And the other thing that's huge, I think, for the Rams, too, that we keep getting is Zerline's the best kicker in the game by far. Yeah, and the and they have the best punter. Don't don't forget Hecker. Johnny it, Hecker. And you can mark my words, there will be a fake punt in this game. At well, least one. Well, you said you said last week that McVeigh or in any Super Bowl, there seems to be a play, whether it's special teams or there's always a big play. Typically like like Saints Colts from what, oh nine? That there was yeah, that there was the onside sorry. kick. You know, there's you know, or even the, in the Seahawk Bronco game, there was that safety early on that kind of you know right. took the wind right away from Denver. The thing that I like about the Rams the most is you can see a fake punt. Sorry, I dropped. I dropped the uh, computer. Oh, okay. You can see a fake. You can see a fake punt. 
You could see fake field goal. A fake field goal. You know, on fourth down, they're gonna go for it. I mean, we're combining a lot of things from a lot of different Super Bowls, right? Where you have the, the onside kick of Sean Payton, yeah, the fake plus the fourth down like Doug Peterson. I think McVay will pull all these tricks out of his hat. Yeah. If he has to. He could. Yeah, I mean, he's, he's not, definitely he's de- he's, not, he's, he's not afraid. Yeah, no, he's absolutely we'll not. Yes, on fourth and goal against the Saints, he did kick a field goal. And it was from like the two yard line. It was something right. Right. It was maybe one or two or three. Yeah. In a position which he normally does go for it. However, he didn't need to go for it then. But I think against the Patriots, the thing about the Patriots is no lead is a big enough lead. Okay. That's well, yeah. You you can't be comfortable unless you're somehow blowing them out of the water, and that never happens. Right. Well, it, it almost did Atlanta, twenty-eight to three. I mean, that's as good as it's going to get. Right, but but that, but that but that tells you everything. If you if right. you're not safe against Belichick with a twenty-eight to three lead, there is no such thing as a big enough lead. I'm sorry. That my, that my only concern about McVeigh is is he going to do something along the lines of what Kyle Shanahan did? Remember Shanahan that fourth quarter? He didn't run the ball. He still kept throwing it. I mean, Got yeah. Sacked out of field goal range. That could have come back up. You know he's going to play aggressive. He's not going to be. He's not going to be conservative. He's not going to. He's not going to. You know, play the safe route. He's going to go all for broke. But if one of those chances backfires, that could be the game. No, I, I hear you a thousand percent. But expect all tricks out of the hat. Expect the fake punt. Expect the fourth and goal to go for it. Expect the fake field goal. Expect everything. Yeah, I think, I, I think that if the Rams do lose this game, I think McVay wants to walk away saying I did everything like you know in my power to win. Now all coaches want to say that. The difference with McVay is I think he knows what it takes to win in this league. And when I say coaches, I'm really thinking of the Jets coach Todd Bowles, who you know they can be down by two touchdowns with five minutes to go, fourth and four, and he'll punt it. Yeah, you're not seeing McVay do any of that. If it's fourth down and two on their own 25 yard line, and they're down 14 nothing early, you know he says, "All right, we need to we need to score here." No, I hear you. You know, and I think the re- the other big reason I like the Rams, okay, more than the Chiefs defense, though this is a big for me. Is not only do I like the Rams corners more and Talib and Peters, okay? Peters was an All Pro uh, last year, right? And Talib is great. He's and they have Joyner back there. But the reason I like their team more is the Chiefs have speed on the outside with Houston and Ford. Yeah. Which, by the way, did you see D Ford? I want to play. He was playing in the Pro Bowl. You see that that fucker lined up offsides again? Yeah, I guess that's his thing now. Well, no, I'm wondering if he just did that all year and they never called it on for that play. I. It, it's it's possible with the with the refs at this point. Who the fuck knows? But anyway, you know I. With Donald and Son, you got pressure up the middle. Yeah. And pressure up the middle on a guy like Brady has to make him move laterally. This guy's not yep. moving laterally. Yeah, you're playing to his weakness. Which he then, and also, too, laterally. and if you force him laterally, you could be forcing him right into Dante Fowler or, you know, to somebody else coming yeah. off the edge who could, Listen, you know, make an, make an all impact. All you have to do is hit Brady for him to throw some bad balls. You don't got to sack Yep. You just gotta make him move. You know who val- you know who validated that theory? Who? The Pittsburgh Steelers. We only sacked uh, Brady once or twice in that game, but we forced him to make a bunch of throws off balance and we got him off his rhythm. That's where Brady is different. 
from the Rodgers and the Breeze. And right. Him and Brady and Manning are very simple. Yep. They know what you're they usually know what you're doing on defense and when they get to the line they're so good. Oh, for sure. And and you know, the thing is if you if they can just stay clean in that pocket, they're gonna shred you apart. Oh that yeah. You know? No, without without question. But Donald McDonald's unblocked. Mm-hmm. And the other, and don't forget too, Donald's probably going to command at least a double team or a chip or something. And that's fine, but Indomitian Sue is no joke. I'm aware of that, but and Dante Fowler's got speed on the outside. This could be problems for the Patriots' offensive line. That that matchup is who Fowler versus Cannon, right? Uh, well, they move Dante Fowler all around from side to side. All right. Well, I think Cannon. Cannon played a hell of a game against Ford. Yeah, I, but the thing is, is that when you get interior pressure, the yeah. guy does not need to create as much pressure on the outside. You kind of run right into him. No, that's true. Inadvertently. And that's what I'm talking I don't like Dante Fowler. I don't think he's – I think he's very overrated. He's an athletic freak, but he can't seem to put it together the way he was expected to. I think D. Ford and Justin Houston are better. But – you put, just let me put you this way. If you put Aaron Donald and Dominican Sue in the middle of that Chiefs offensive line, I mean, you see what Chris Jones does, right? Yep. But now you have two of those guys. Aaron Donald is better than Jones, and Dominican Sue isn't, but you got two, not just one. Chris Jones was the number one playmaker for that Chiefs defense as far as the defensive line, the front seven go. Okay. And I think that, that they're going to have a huge problem with Donald and Sue. I really think they're going to have a big problem with those two. Yeah, I, I don't see how anything you just said doesn't come true at least some of the time. The way the Rams are going to lose this game is if they do something and it backfires. You know, being down 14 nothing at their own 30, 4th and 2, and they don't get Something like that, which is possible. Yeah, for sure. But the other thing, too, I'll say is that the last two weeks – the Patriots have come out and just took what nine minutes off the clock in the first drive. Yeah, they'll chew shit. They 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 chew away super I think slow. You're gonna have a harder time doing that against this defense, though. Well, right, because you cannot run the ball up the middle between the tackles as easily with those two there. That is true. It's, no, just, it's true. It's not. It's, it's very hard. So I, I'm interested to see what Belichick comes out with offensively because if you want to throw the ball, you're challenging Peters and Talit. Now Peters hasn't had a good year, but we all know that he's capable. Peters, of Peters is due for the first time all year. It seems like he hasn't played as like himself the whole goddamn year. It's he hasn't. He it, it's due, about he's he's super due to play well. He's the guy I think Belichick's going to attack. Probably because he doesn't play with his head. Akeem Talib's a Akeem Talib's a stud. And Talib's right. also, to, but Talib also can't be phased. By whatever the hell Belichick throws at him, he's seen it too many times. Right. He well, he's also played for. Him. That's also true. Right. Yep. Peters is a bit of a head case, right? A little bit. Yeah. And, and I, he's the. I think that's the key guy. The two key guys for the Rams defense are Peters and Sue. Mm-hmm. Can those two? Because you know what Talib and Donald are going to do. Can those two just step yep. up? And their you game know, and you know Fowler, game? and you know Fowler. Has a payday on the line, so you know Fowler is going to give you everything he has. He does have a payday on the line. I just hope it doesn't result in a stupid freaking penalty. That's the other thing I'm worried about, man. I mean, yeah. you sneeze and Tom Brady moves, they're going to call you for flag for 15. Nah, that's, a, that's a good point. Um, and you can't really hit low either. You could just kind of have to bear hug him and take him to the ground via the waist. 
with Sue, Darnold, and Fowler, I really hope that one of those guys don't get called for a foul. Like well, you'd have to think that if it's going to be anybody, it's going to be Sue, given track record. He, he's prone to do stupid shit his whole career. I fully agree. Yeah. It's going to be very interesting. Yeah, thousand percent. But enough about the goddamn Super Bowl. The fact of the matter is, people, go watch it. And if you're one of those people who watches the Super Bowl for Maroon 5 and the commercials, uh, I, I hate yeah. you. I hate those people. I can't stand it. I skip the halftime show. Me too. That's when I go to the bathroom. Dude, listen. I'm not looking to, to listen to music while I'm watching the fucking Super Bowl. Thousand percent. The commercials, I'm not, I'm I, the commercials I get it, but they'll be on YouTube by midnight. The, right. The commercials I get. <laughs> what, what's the, who throws a party for commercials in Maroon 5? You have to have – I don't care. I don't care who is singing. I, I'm not looking to like have this fucking sing-along during the Super Bowl. Well, I hear I hear you on that. There's recently it sucked. The the halftime performances have not been good, but Super Bowls like you know f- like when Tom Petty was the halftime performer, that was awesome. But I, I guess to yeah, ev- to I everyone's disagree. ear, well, whatever. Everyone point is it's always going to be pop or rock, and until they start putting like some country music or mixing up genres or making it, I don't want any music. It's gonna it's happen, dude. Game. It's the most watched thing on the planet. There's gonna be it's somebody. All game. It is not a fucking concert. Dude, I get it. I trust me. Well, I get it. You should turn on your radio. I don't know what to say. I'm sick of that. <laughs> it ruins the whole mood. Of, listen, the AFC and NFC championship game is so tense. You can feel it. The mm-hmm. fans go wild. This is like I feel like I'm at like a horse track. Yeah, you. You know what I wouldn't mind. You know how I think it was either NBC or ESPN for Monday night or Sunday night football was doing like literally at halftime. I think like a five minute max. Like clip or a live performance, quote unquote, from like a local artist. I would settle for that. I don't need a twenty-five minute, fully functioning concert on a I playing field. I listen to the commentators talk about the game. Right, me and you are of that realm, but I'm saying I get it. That's how you get people who don't give a shit about football to watch this fucking thing. That and commercials. Yeah, but all right. Enough about the fucking Super Bowl. You said right. 30-27. I'm saying 31-28. Either way, go Rams. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Now, we're in – after this game, there's two things to look forward to in the football world. One I'm going to get to next week because that's when it starts. And the other is the NFL draft. Mm-hmm. And – me and you collaborated earlier in the week, you know, meeting of the minds, and tried to figure out, you know, who, like, you know, you gave me, we gave each other, like, a list of who we thought were, like, the 12 best prospects, you know, basically, like, the people we thought would be the first 12 picks. Um, yeah. And I know you know a lot of these guys well because you watch a lot of college football, like, regardless of your team affiliation. Because I don't, you don't really kind of have one. You do, but you don't. Me, I watch West Virginia religiously, but aside from that, I'm either sleeping or getting ready for work because I work overnight. Right. So I did the research, and with the number one pick, the Arizona Cardinals select Nick Bosa. Nicky Bosa. So yeah, there's no key, yeah. I'll give let me I'll give you my 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 take on Bosa. I think he's going to be good. 
I don't I don't know if he's as good as his brother. Well, his brother's a stud. But his brother's never fucking healthy. But when no, but, but when Joey's healthy, when okay, Joey's healthy, he's a freaking animal. There's no there, there's no argument. You can't give me an argument for that. No. But what I will say is this. What I saw on the couple YouTube clips I watched or not clips, but you know, kind of highlight reels on these guys with yeah. Nick Bosa he he's definitely got that high motor that you want in an edge rush. Like he's like an unrelenting, you know, disruptive force. Yeah. Like he's never gonna give up on a play. I'm a big fan of that type of mentality. Um yep. right. He's definitely got super quick hands, you know, and super quick feet. So he's definitely quick to engage who's ever in front of him, and he's lightning off the ball. Yeah. My thing he reminds me, mainly on motor, of T.J. Watt. Yeah, I can see that. Sure. Yeah, and and I mean it's not and don't, and no people. This is not just because they're two white edge rushers. It's not at all what I'm saying. Stylistically, you have two guys from the same conference. We all know Wisconsin and Ohio State play very similar defense. Sure do. So it's not. In, it's not out of the question to to, to see a TJ Watt and a Nick Bosa be kind of from the same mold. I think that Watt is a little faster, where Bosa is a little stronger, but they do play the same style of game. You know, you're, you're going to get 110 percent effort every thousand, snap, right? Every a thousand percent. The only thing I will say is I think Bosa needs to be in a four three. TJ Watt was yes. built for a three four, hence mm-hmm. why he's thriving. Right. No. Absolutely. But no, this is a, a four three defensive. End. He yeah. reminds me of the. He kind of reminds me of Demarcus Lawrence. Okay, that yeah, that I I could I could see that. Where he he I know Demarcus Lawrence had an incredible statistical year, mm-hmm. but he's gonna have years where he doesn't get you know sixteen sacks. Right. But if you watch him play, every play he's in the back. Yeah. And that's what I feel like Bosa is gonna be. Every play he's there, just whether or not. You know, he has an opportunity for a sack or a tackle for a loss or a deflection or a QB hit or a hurry. But he will be there every play. Yeah. And opposite of Chandler Jones, that'll be a nice little fit for them. Yeah, it, it definitely, definitely will. I, I, yeah, assuming that they pick the way we see it, that's going to be a fun duo to watch, especially when it comes time for them to hunt quarterbacks like Goff and Russell Wilson yep. twice a year. Absolutely. Speaking of the NFC West, the number two pick. The San Francisco 49ers select... This is the most interesting pick in the draft. Speak on that. My Jets pick third. Oh, yeah. The 49ers have spent their last three picks on defensive linemen. Well, they also threw out the Reuben Foster pick. They threw away that pick, that's right. And he was a stud, too. I know. This worries me because, in my opinion, they should take Josh Allen. However, he might not fit their scheme... And the best player in the draft besides Nick Bosa is Quinnen Williams. Yeah, so I can see that. It, for the sake of this, I'm going to say they picked Josh Allen. But I wouldn't be surprised. The reason I say that is to make this conversation more interesting because if I say they pick Quinnen Williams, then we already know the number three pick is Josh Allen to the Jets, yeah. right? Right. So let's just say they pick Josh Allen. That's yep. what I'm going to go for. All right. I could see them definitely going – the direction of Quinn and Williams, just because I think if you stack up two young, hyper productive D tackles next to each other in that system, 
you're kind of mirroring the, the the Rams model of pass rush, which and and run stopping that can work. If you if you choose the D end route, I don't think Allen to me doesn't seem like he would do well in that system. And you mentioned that. I'll give you credit where credit's I, I, due. I don't. Yeah, I don't think he would. But he's. I think. I think teams are realizing now. At least the good teams are. The NFL is geared towards playmakers. It's not how many points you give up on defense. It's how many sacks and turnovers you get while you give up that yeah. many points. So, but but if, if it's geared toward playmakers, it's not like Allen is the only edge rushing defender that you can get justifiably at two. If you. If, well, who, you, what, you like Clarence Farrell? Bingo. Clarence Farrell. I, I mean, him and Bosa are almost interchangeable as far as, like, attributes. Like, they both, they're both, they both play the same way. Bosa's more polished. Yes. But Farrell, I think, I, there's something about Farrell. He, he seems to be a smidge more generally disruptive when it comes to just what he once he's in the backfield I think Bosa strikes me as more of the guy who will probably get to the quarterback quicker Farrell strikes me as a guy who can get to the quarterback but would have a better time getting sideline to sideline covering screens and you know dump offs well, he's, the flat. he's definitely more athletic yeah for right sure. which is why when you have a young emerging already athletic D line, I think you add similar players to what you've been doing. I agree. So if they pick Allen, good for them. I hope it works. Farrell seems at least a bit more I'm not I don't want to say polish is not the right word. I think he seems like more of a surefire bet in that system than Allen. Sure. That's but and again that's strictly my observation. Yeah, I I don't argue that. Now the question on the minds of the listeners at number three, your New York Jets are taking. Well, from your mock draft or from mine? Mine, I could see a lot of things that they're going to do. They're not going to go receiver at three. There's no way. There is no. There's no Julio Jones in this draft. There's no. Mike Evans in this draft. There's no receiver worthy of a top 10 pick in this draft. With that said, if AB ends up getting traded, the the Jets can do so many things before this draft that it's almost impossible to to predict it. So, with it as opposed to giving me who you think your boys are going to take, who do you want them to not take? I don't want them to take one of those tackles. Okay. Like, uh, Jonah Williams or Greg Little. I don't want Clarence Farrell. And I don't want any defensive tackle. I want a playmaker. That's what I want. And I think Josh Allen has the potential to be a playmaker. I think Nick Bosa can be a playmaker. But if Allen and Bosa are gone, I don't want Farrell. All right. So let's say the Niners go Josh Allen at two. Who do you? Who are you taking? Nobody. You, tra- you, you trade out. Okay. So you'd yeah, rather, I mean, yeah. So, so you, yeah. Close. All right. No, that, Listen, I mean that's fair. I I might want to trade out even if Josh Allen is there. Just to what? Gather more? Yeah, because I feel as much as I like Josh Allen, 
I mean, this team has so many holes. So I think that you're going to see a lot of these guys drop. I think you're going to see guys like Devin White drop. I think you're going to see DJ or, uh, geez, Nikhil Harry and DJ Metcalf drop. Yeah. I think, and I think that if you can get two first rounders, I think, and you end up with a guy like Devin White and Nikhil Harry, I think you won that draft. You get two, two could be studs. Yeah. I think the only guy you can't pass on is Nick Bosa at three. Yeah, I I don't disagree with that one bit. I think I think Josh Allen and Clarence Farrell are going to skyrocket after the combine. Yeah, I, I I understand why you like Clarence Farrell a lot. I I understand that a lot. I would take him at five or six, but the top three pick. Look at last year's top three: Mayfield, Darnold, and Barker. We're talking about three. Three franchise-changing players. Oh, for sure. I don't see any of that type in this year's draft. I mean, Bosa is probably the closest one to that, but... They say that you can make an argument for Bosa. You can make an argument for Quinn and Williams, right? He's supposed to be like Aaron Donald and right. plays like it. But I, I don't buy it. If these guys were in last year's draft, yeah, they still don't go top three. And yeah. I bet you Denzel Ward still goes four. I don't see Bosa going to five or six. Right. Well, I think, too, if you look at last year, we saw Bradley Chubb fall to five, which nobody saw coming. No. Because, let's, I mean, let's be real. Cleveland now, had an edge question. rusher. Here's the question. Do you like Bradley Chubb or Bosa better? I like Bosa. Um, that's almost like a can't miss either way. Okay, I'll, t- I'll, t- is, so I'll take I'll take yeah I'll take I'll take Bosa on motor. I'm always gonna opt for a guy with a motor. That's my thing. Yeah, you too. No, I am too. I, I think Chubb has more skills, obviously, and he's a big dude. He really is. No, Chubb's a beast. I mean, but and he proved I, I, it. I like Bosa's motor. But my point is, does that mean one of them? One of them would went number six or seven overall. Chubb went five this to Denver. This year's draft is not good. I don't like this year's quarterbacks. I love next year's quarterbacks. Right. That, that kid Jackson on Clemson. Trevor Lawrence. Trevor Lawrence on Clemson. Yeah. Two on Bama. From on Georgia. Yeah, and this is not and a and this is not a quarterback class, nor is it a running back class. It's got a couple receivers. This is a great defense draft, especially in a, on the first two levels. Yes, in the first two levels, it's amazing. If you need interior help, and you're already a good team. Like the Chiefs, they obviously could use interior help, right? Yeah. And they land one of these defensive tackles with a later pick or maybe even trade up. Yeah. But they won. But for a team that needs – for the top picks in this draft, this is a terrible draft to pick top. All right. Well, let me ask you this. A team that needs a lot of help is picking four. The Raiders. Goddamn right. They have three first-round picks. I think they – if I'm them, I just take the best – whatever is the best player available at that time. And so, so let's say the Jets trade out. The only way the Jets would trade out is if somebody traded up for a quarterback, whether it be the Giants, which I would doubt they would trade with the Jets. Yeah. The Jaguars, they need a quarterback. We know that. The Dolphins, they need a quarterback. Would they trade with the Jets? I don't know. Something tells me Jacksonville is going to opt wide receiver. I don't know why, but I feel like they're dumb enough to do that, that high. You know what? I don't think so. Or they can trade back. Their receivers aren't that bad. But they, but they, they, it's not a complete unit. No, it's not. But but you're not. I'm not taking out that that high of a pick. 
if any of these teams need a quarterback, they would be smarter to wait till next year. Because you have, you have, I think, in my opinion, and I don't like Tua that much, but I think Tua is still better than what you have this year. Well, also, if Trevor Lawrence comes out, forget it. Trevor Lawrence and Fromm are numbers are studs. I think they're franchise changers. Yeah. I cannot say the same thing about Dwayne Haskins, yeah. Drew Locke, Daniel Jones, Greer. Etc. Well, let's be real. If you're if you're Jacksonville and you need, you, let's not bullshit. If you're Jacksonville and you need a quarterback, the Bortles era is over. If you need a quarterback, you don't need to get him in the first round. Will Greer is probably going to be second, third round. It's trash. That's fine, but you can take a flyer on him at oh, the second or third round. You're I'm you're not, not you're not taking no Greer point. first round. No shot. There's no point. I don't think you take a guy like Greer. Because Greer needs time to build. Jacksonville can win now if they have the right quarterback. They really can. I mean, they were in the AFC Championship game. Could have, should have won it versus the Patriots in New England. Yeah. Two years ago. Now here, so, here, so let's get back on track here, though. So if you're Oakland, you're taking literally just best available? Yeah, because they have three first-round picks. They have so many holes. My guess is that Quinn and Williams is going to fall right into their lap. Okay. That's, that's not – yeah. However, I will say this. Gruden says you need outside pass rushing, right? Right after he trades Khalil Mack. So that's Josh but, Allen all over it. Well, if Josh Allen's there. I think it's a no-brainer for them. I think if Claren Farrell's there, it's a no-brainer for them. I don't think – Farrell might be there, but I don't think they pass on Quinn Williams. Makes sense. That's who I'm going with. Okay. And the fifth, the fifth pick is the Bucks, right? The, the fifth pick is the easiest thing in the world. The Bucks. Instead of Greedy Williams, the Tampa Bay right now. Yeah, let's be real. If if there's one, like I'm a big fan, or not a fan, I'm a big believer in certain schools churn out very good certain positions. Like Bama seems to usually have a very good D tackle farm going. LSU was goddamn DBU. Look at Patrick Peterson. Look at all these guys. That are studs. The list goes on and on. Right. Greedy Williams. He reminds me of Richard Sherman. Yeah, here right. Here's the notes I got on Williams, just just to, to throw this out there. He 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 doesn't seem to ever look unsettled or uncomfortable on the island one on one. No, he doesn't. He's got better hands than a lot of corners. I think he's got better hands than a lot of receivers in college. Right. He's got the and size. The most well, that's what I was gonna talk to you about. He's six three. Right. He's six three. Was he one ninety five? Yeah, he's he's got prototypical NFL corner build, and you know no, he's gonna put on ten pounds of muscle. That's more than prototypical. No, I'm saying in, in what in what in what's looked for in in the size. He oh, he, right. he fits the mold of what you're looking at, what you want. He is he is a wide receiver. Pretty much. Yeah, he's a wide receiver, and you know he can cover man to man. You know he can play zone. You know he's got hands. Yeah, I think he's he's a top five pick for sure. Yeah, and in fact, that's one of the guys that I wouldn't mind if the Jets got. Okay, to be yeah. honest with you, that I hey, that's totally fine. I was, I think I think he will be a legitimate number one cornerback for the next ten years. Yeah, the other thing I got on Williams just to throw out everything. Is that when he comes down to help in you know stopping the outside run, a lot of the tackles that I saw him make were the smart tackles where you throw your shoulder pads into their thighs. Right. No, he's and that's the other thing too. For a college cornerback, he knows how to tackle. Right, but not only is he good at bringing them down, he hits them in the spots where you won't get flags. 
No, that's what I meant by he knows how to tackle. Right, that's right, and he'll also that's a self preservation move as much as it is a game management. He can do everything right. There's nothing, no part of his game where you look at and say, "Eh, he's not that good." The only thing I'll say is, has he been challenged enough? I mean, he went on. He went one on one against DK Metcalf. Sure did. So there's a challenge there. Um, but the S, but the SEC is not usually. A, We're talking about a number one corner in the NFL. We're talking about guys like Julio Jones, A. B. Odell, Jarvis Landry. Right, uh, but I'm Lynch. but I'm saying he only faced what one first round caliber wideout this year. Yeah. That's the only concern is can he guard? Right now, had had you put him up against Oklahoma and like you know and right or just a team that's super pass happy, like even West Virginia could have could have would have been a super interesting matchup for him. I agree. No, but here's the thing: in today's NFL, is there a such thing as a lockdown corner anymore? I don't think so. I think it's more, can you make a play on the ball? If you give up two touchdowns, can you bring one back for six to the house? Yeah, it's a rea- think, it's reactionary more than, more than you know, you, you can't really bump and run anymore, so what does that the, leave? Right, the days of, I mean, I don't know how Stephen Gilmore is playing the bump and run like he is this year. It's incredible, but yeah. the days of Darrell Rivas' bump and run where I'm going to hold you to two catches the whole game are over. Of course, we will, never, we will never see something like that again. No, the Mel Blunt style of defense is gone. Right, thousand so percent. My opinion: Greedy Williams will be great because he can make a play on the ball, and he's rangy as shit too. Yeah, he's got great length in his arms. No, he's yeah. gonna be a stunt. Right. So, just to recap, we got Arizona going Bosa. We got yeah. San Francisco taking. I said Farrell. You said Josh Allen? Okay. We agree that number three, the Jets should just trade away from it. Yeah. Unless they want to take a flyer on Williams. They can take a flyer on Williams. They can take a flyer on Federal with Josh Allen or Bosa. Right. But I just think it's in their best, especially since they don't have a second-round pick. If a team is trading up for a quarterback, you could get more out of them if they're trading yeah. up for a while. Yeah, it's very true. They're, they're going to mortgage the farm, quote-unquote, for a good quarterback. Yeah, absolutely. Number four, Oakland, we said Quentin Williams. We said Quentin Williams, yes. And number five, you might as well just start looking for apartments in Tampa, Greedy Williams, because if the Jets don't take you, that's pretty much where you should go. I agree. I agree. I don't think Gruden's going to take Greedy Williams. I think he wants somebody who can get after the quarterback. Yeah, for sure. Now, next week, just to let the listeners know, we will be going through picks 6 through 10, which is interesting because the first pick in that group would be the Giants. And that's a very interesting pick, right? That Well, that, that pick will determine pretty much the rest of that round as far as who's going where. And It's, it's very interesting because with the Giants, we're not, I'm not going to, you know, obviously we're not going to say who I think, but they can go in different directions. And they can go in multiple directions. They could trade down. They get the quarterback. They can get the O lineman right. Yeah. And you know what? Not for nothing, they could get a pass rusher or Greedy Williams if he does fall for whatever reason. Yeah. They can. They are, in my opinion, they're an offensive line away from being a top team in the NFC. I mean, what teams have Odell, Barkley, Ingram, Shepard? Right. Mean, geez. Hey, listen. Those four, in my opinion, 
are the best four playmakers in the NFL. They, I would take them over any other four. No, they're up there. There's no would you argument. Take them, would you take them over the Rams four? <sighs> healthy Rams? Healthy Rams, healthy. No. No? I, I, I like see... I would because I think Barkley and Odell can do things that nobody on that Rams team can do. I don't disagree, but there's one position, and we'll dive into this more next week. There's one position that scares the shit out of me with the Giants. Which is what? What do you think? Offensive line? No. Well, yes, but fucking quarterback. No, no. I'm just talking about playmakers, regardless of who's around them. Oh, all right. Then on – all right, well – this is a video game. You're the quarterback. I'm just trying to say. Well, yeah. Odell, Odell Barkley, Shepard, and Ingram can go toe to toe with playmaking ability with any four players in the NFL from any other team. Yeah. Okay. Most teams don't even have one of those guys, let alone four. Right. No, I, I'll give you that. Because also, any yeah. NFL quarterback should be able to, at a worst case scenario, dump the ball off to Barkley and let him run free for thirty. That guy did this year was incredible. No. You can't. He makes the first guy miss every play. The first guy is not taking him down. That's so. Uh, Barkley's so much fun to watch. Really is. It's a shame the Giants need a quarterback so bad, or else Odell I, I and. Think they need a quarterback as much as they need offensive line, but we'll save that well, for next week. Yeah. All right. So, in the spirit of our normal podcasting and we will not be covering the Harper Machado hostage situation. Oh my god. It's the most annoying thing in the fucking world. I hate I'm starting to hate both of them now just because of how annoying this shit's getting. This is getting this is overkill now. This is ridiculous. I mean Right. We're two weeks away from pitchers and catchers. I don't know who to blame whether it's teams whether it's Harper and Machado. Well, I, I'll, Harper should not have put something up on his Instagram. I'll, s- I'll say this right now. I uh, if, if, if this bullshit trend keeps going where teams are waiting until the very last minute for these players to lower their asking price, there is a strike coming the second that CBA expires. I agree. But that's what's going to happen because – no, these teams are not shelling out these contracts. Like we said last week that Boris is the is killing the, the market. It's not true. It's analytics in these GMs. And what's gonna happen is you you know, teams are not gonna start firing their, their analytics department. That's not how this works. But players are getting screwed. Listen, you have a guy like Mike Moustakis who's still a free agent, and that goes unheard of because you have Machado and Harper, but Moustakis is a great player. Of course. He's a huge reason why they beat the Mets in the 15 World Series. He's a huge reason why they got there. Right. The guy can play, and he can play multiple positions, hit for power and average. I, I mean, and he doesn't have a job. I know. It, 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 I, I, don't, I don't get it. But even then... There's only been one team to offer Manny Machado a contract. That's weird. This has strike written all over it. it it's it's coming soon. Bryce Har- Do we even know if Bryce Harper's been offered contracts? Nope. I I know that he's talked about contract right. details, but no, like there's been no formal right. offer. And there's been the the, the the one thing the whole offseason that has been constant is the JT Real Muto mumble, uh, rumbles. Oh, I'm getting sick of hearing that. Every time I well, see that's, it, I that's get that's the other thing too. Just somebody pull the fucking trigger. 
You know what you're well, getting. I think the Marlins are asking way too much. Right, but look at but look at the teams that have been interested now in Rio Muto. It's Cincinnati. It's the Padres. It's smaller market teams with at least some decent prospects that they're will and current major league talent We're that they might be. We're talking about the Marlins who dealt Carlos Logano to the Mets before the 06 season for pretty much nothing. They dealt John Carlo for lower level prospects, no stud players. Salary dump. My point is. Is Real Muto will not re-sign with the Marlins. Everybody in the world. No shot. That. He's requested a trade two years in a row. Why is it that hard to trade Real Muto to get two decent pieces back? Well, but this what? this it's is going to ruin your season. You're not going to win as many games. Who the hell cares? You're not going to win games anyway. Right, and let's be real too. Whoever the the Marlins get back in return for Real Muto is not going to make them even a 500 team. Right. They're at, I mean, what they asked, last I heard, at least from the Mets point of view, what they asked for was two of the three of Nimmo, Rosario, and Conforto along with the prospect. That's outrageous. Yeah, that's high. That's outrageous. And I understand if you start it there, right? Yeah. But that's what they asked for, like, the last call, like, before the Mets signed Ramos was, give us two of those three and a lower-level prospect. Yeah, fuck that. That's how, who the hell is going to do that? Nobody, unless you're super desperate, but there's always catchers. I'm not saying that there's game changers like Real Muto, but there's at least Listen, enough I'll talent floating around. I'll take Wilson Ramos for my nine mil and keep Nimmo Conforto over Cyrus. Yeah, I'll even take Maldonado on defense Absolutely. alone. You know, he can throw runners out and play and call right. a great game. Right, he'll fill my nine hole or my eight hole, but yeah. whatever. Sure, and I agree. And that's my point is they are asking somehow. They're, whoever's yeah. a cheater is an idiot. This isn't Jeter, dude. This is Mike Hill, the GM. Uh, Jeter has some say. He for sure, but the Jeter one was the one who got rid of Stan. Well, yeah, he, he he needed to free up like two hundred and seventy million dollars. If you can get you rid of one no guy, issue. you had no issue getting rid of Yelich for not. Yeah, he they, they they. But that's what annoys me. You have a track record with the Marlins of selling low on back to back MVPs. Why right. is it that you're holding people hostage now for, for real who's who is, who he is, I mean now let's be real. Real Muto is the best catcher in baseball. Right now he but that's is not that guy. Saying, the catcher is not a position. Listen, there are three positions in Major League Baseball no matter how the game is shifted where defense is actually appreciated. That's shortstop, catcher and center field. Right. If you have a great glove you get away, even in today's game, with not hitting as well. Not You don't get away with it as much as you did maybe 10 years ago, but you get away with it still. Right. I, my, thing with I, the, my thing with the Marlins is you have to realize you're better trading Rio Muto now. Even though you'll probably get more calls on July 31st, the return on July 31st will be significantly lower. I, I think they're screwing themselves. Yeah. I really do. They don't know how to handle this. They've had a bunch of teams have the Mets have good prospects, the Padres, Dodgers, the Feds, the Dodgers, the Braves. These are all teams that have plenty of chips where the Marlins could have worked out a deal with any one of those teams. Yeah. Nothing has been good enough. And you make it seem like this guy's Mike Trout. Right. Hey, what you think? Like, listen, like a team that's selling a player who's who's already said I'm not resigning and I want out. Okay? Right. Is is not going to get as much. They yeah. want more than they want, like MVP type return. 
Yeah, I don't, I don't get it, man. I, I, and I let's don't. Not forget, after this year, he's a free agent. It's not like he's like three more years on his. Deal. Yeah, but if I'm Real Muto, I'm scared shitless of going into the market. You know what? I think that he will get a good deal. He'll get d- just because he's a catcher and he's a plus defensive he'll, catcher. He'll get signed. He's a, he will get signed. But he's he's going to take less money if, on the open market. If Grandal got that eighteen deal, million, Jesus Christ! Yeah, it's true. Real Muto's gonna get higher. Real Muto should get about twenty twenty five a year, which which he'll get. He'll probably get low ball that like between eighteen and twenty two a year. Right, but let's but let's be real. Grandal has no business at eighteen million a year. Oh so, no! But right. he set that. Then now it's set there. Right. It doesn't matter. He had no business getting that contract. He had no business. The Mets yeah. had no business offering him four years sixty million. And the Mets also oh. had no business getting Ramos on the cheap. No, they didn't either. That's very strange how that guy, they got him for $9 million. Yeah. That makes no Grandal, you're going to pay Grandal $10 million a year more than Ramos? They're the same age. Yeah, it makes no sense. But let's 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 do this. As opposed to, to reacting to the lack of baseball news, we are six weeks away from opening day. Yes, and for the people that know our podcast, there are six divisions in baseball. So what I'm thinking we should do is go division by division, give a bit of a breakdown, and at least predict who wins the division. So we're gonna start with the NL West, right? Goddamn right. Let's. So the NL West: Dodgers, D Backs, Rockies, Padres, Giants. Padres and Giants are so, third and fourth. No, Diamondbacks are the worst team in that division. No, San Diego's the worst team in that division. It's not. Close. I don't know. Those young kids might be able to to do something. Well, here's here's the wild card, and I hate to bring this up. The team now that has jumped into the spree for Machado is the Padres. Uh, right. They no. They've come out. That GM said he wants to spend money. Right. And well, Preller is the most loose cannon GM in baseball. Him and Jerry Depoto in Seattle are the two big loose cannon GMs. My thing is. If you add one more middle-of-the-lineup bat plus Tatis Jr. to that Major League lineup... Henry Mejia, or Henry Mejia, Francisco. And Francisco Mejia, to platoon Mejia. even with Hedges, just to, you know, because you need two catchers. Let's just be well, real. Well, Mejia plays the outfield, too. That's right. But but so, middle of the order, right? Because Tatis will probably bat leadoff for them. Uh, regardless of who bats where. If you put Machado in the middle of that order, surrounded by Hosmer and Will Myers and freaking Manny Margot, that's... And Mike Moustakis, who is meeting with us. Right, well, but let's as of what they have now, between Mejia, Tatis Jr. is going to be their opening day shortstop. There's no stopping yeah. that. You have Will Myers, you have Eric Hosmer... If you and you and you, and your third baseman left to go play in Japan, right? So you literally have a glaring hole at third base that right now I believe is occupied by Franchi Cordero. Listen, I'm that's why I think they're getting stuck. But that's they, but but here. point is, they're they're going to get a major upgrade regardless at third base. It's it's it, the reason I like the Padres over the Diamondbacks is is just real simple. The Diamondbacks have sold everything. Not Those true. Players, not, not true. They lost Pollock and Goldschmidt and uh, Corbin. Okay, they still have Robbie Ray. They re-signed Escobar. You still? Are you really saying they still have Robbie Ray? You 
you still have David Peralta, you still have Jake Lamb, and you still have Nick Ahmed. They're not terrible. No, they're not terrible, but I feel like those players cannot feel like they're GM setting them up to win a championship. No. it's a, it, They're heading in opposite directions as the Padres. Right, and re-signing Pollock was not in their best interest. because they, they. No, I think Pollock's terrible. I think, well, we know that, but I'm also saying well, that they're, I think the trade they should have made was getting rid of Grinky to free up that money. I think they tried. Well, he, but he's got a no trade only to half the league. Who doesn't I want a frontline starter? Granted, the money sucks. You're going to have to eat some of it. Somebody, I can see the Yankees buying him at the deadline. Uh, not going to happen. Grinky's not on, he's on the uh, no trade list. He might accept. I doubt it. I I say the Yankees. The Yankees got a better shot at getting Bumgarner at the deadline than Grinke. Going back to the Dodgers. I don't know if he's welcome in L.A. again. I think the fans would hate it. What I'm trying to say though is that you can you always use a guy like that. You can. I just don't think. I don't think Grinke wants to go to L.A. again, or else he would have signed there in the first place. And I also don't think. That I mean, if Grinky stays, great. You still have a number one starter. Uh, I all right. So in order, in my opinion, you got the Dodgers first, and I don't think the Dodgers are as good as they were last year. No, I think the only thing that helps them is Bueller's going to be a full time stud instead of what he was last year. Yeah, and and uh, Urias is probably going to be up full time. If he's not up full time, he will be effective when he is. Up. Yeah, he'll he'll be swinging back and forth between LA mm-hmm. and AAA, for sure. But either way, this is the Dodgers division to lose. Uh, it is their division to lose. I don't like Pollock. I think Puig is better than Pollock. Pollock. I don't understand the whole conception on Pollock being this great player. His best year was twenty two home runs, seventy seven RBIs, batting two sixty. I also don't understand why Pollock would go to a team that's notorious for platooning outfielders. They told him that's not happening. Oh, is that is I didn't hear that part. No, yeah, he's every day. <laughs> okay, so as far as I'm concerned, Puig was a goddamn spark plug. I agree. Like him or I not, head case or not, he, <coughs> yo, he was he was never afraid of a big moment, and for a perennial all for a perennial playoff team that matters. I think that Puig is also on good terms with the fans. Pollock, I don't understand why the hell you get this guy. Part of me, part of me thinks that was a you know a straight middle finger to Arizona. Fifteen million a year, it's a lot. Listen, the Dodgers got in the World Series two years in a row. Both years, even though the first one won seven games, you knew they weren't the better team, right? Yeah. For sure. If they do get back there this year, they they are worse than last year. They lost Machado, Puig, Alex Wood, Kemp, Kemp, and they signed Joe Kelly and Paul. Oh, and they lost Grandal. And who's their second baseman now? For the Dozier. Oh, they lost Dozier. Right. Who is it? Is it Logan? No, they got rid of Forsyth. God damn it! Why? I'm drawing a blank. But either way, I will say this: I don't think. Oh, was it that Chris Taylor kid? Well, Chris Taylor's floats everywhere. He's everywhere. I guess he'd have to be second base now if Pollock's your everyday guy. Yeah, so Chris Taylor, he's good. He, no, no, Taylor, Taylor's solid, and you have Kike Hernandez. Right. 
So, so they, they have more than enough people yeah, there to to supplement. In my opinion, they're worse though than last year. Right, and hopefully you get Seager back at some point, and you'll still have Justin Turner. And Justin Turner, when healthy, is a great player. Right, and Bellinger is a stud. I mean, look, yeah, they have to, they have talent all over the place. The only team. Oh, they got Seager back too this year. I literally that, so. just said that, but <laughs> what I will Dude. say, I will, yeah, I did. But what I will say too is, you said the Dodgers are worse. I don't disagree, but it's not a drastic win loss difference, in my opinion. No, 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 no. I, I'm not talking win loss. I think win loss will be around the same. I'm talking in the playoffs and potentially World Series. Right now, they didn't. My opinion, they were a worse team to the Red Sox and Astros and Yankees before any of this. Yeah. Now they're even worse, in my opinion. Yeah. The the it. The point I'm I'm getting at here is if there's I there's only one team that I can see giving them any sort of trouble in that division, and it's not Arizona, it's not San Diego, and it's not the Giants. The Rockies, I love the Rockies. The Rockies are the Rockies are stacked. And, you, what, and if Rockies you and if you and also if you have any shot at keeping Arenado, you have to get past the first round of the playoffs. Well, I'll tell you what. The thing I like about the Rockies the most is they always seem to over when they play well and they go on runs. Yeah, they seem to overplay their town. That is true, but I also, when they do go on, they are capable of going on a run. They've done it before. Cannot count out Story Arenado. Story's Story is a top five shortstop. They have the number one Arenado. third baseman in baseball. Mm-hmm. Dahl and Blackman are solid outfielders. Oh, they're studs. And Murphy's gonna Murphy can hit anywhere. Right. And Ian on. Desmond, yeah. I think, is better suited for a platoon role. Sure, but he can still hit your twenty home runs in that role. That's very true, but I'm saying he's a shitty first baseman. Mm-hmm. I think you can flip him and Murphy at your leisure. Yep. Just to play matchup lefty righty ball and be fine. If for whatever reason the Rockies can make a run, they just it's the same thing with them. Can they get the right pitching? Well, I will her well th- let's see. Senzatella can't seem to figure it out consistently. Cause every year right. he seems to come up, have a great start or two, and then shit the bed for the next three. You have Herman Marquez is their best up and coming starter. And he will be good. Yep. No, Marquez is solid. And then you still have who's the kid that pitched oh Kyle Freeland. Good too. And you get Chad Bettis back. Their rotation Bettis is, is and they're, they're, dude, he if Bettis is your four, even in that ballpark, you're doing pretty well. And John Gray. No, I agree. No, John and John Gray's a sub too. John Gray also has to figure it out. He's in. He's up and down as much as Sensatella is when, as far as consistency. When he came back from his minor league stint, though, he yeah, pitched like that. yeah, that's because he put the bag of chips back on his shoulder. Yeah, so listen, I think that it's pretty obvious that one and two of the Dodgers, followed by the Rockies. Yeah, the Rockies will probably make a wild card spot. I'll put that on three, record now. Four, I'm not going to buy that just yet. Three, four, and five, I think is a toss-up between the Giants, Padres, and Diamonds. My whole thing is you have the Giants who seem to not want to face reality that they're going to suck regardless. You might as well embrace the suck and sell. No argument from me. I know. The Padres are possibly the hungriest team in the in baseball for just sheer talent, but they also have 
the goddamn infantry is coming behind them right now. Right. Tatis is coming up. Another year of Manny Margot. You know, they have the pieces to be good. And Mejia. I agree. Right now, I would actually say the Padres could probably finish third if you get a, a good third baseman. That's a big if. Well, I'm not, but you don't need Machado. You can get Mustakis and still be productive. I, yeah, you're right. About and, that. And, but let's also be true, or let's be real on this. If you put Mustakis and Hosmer in that same lineup, you're bringing a winning culture to a team that is majority built on young talent. Like young. Okay. So you see what I'm saying, At? I think when yeah. you add winners, like, I'm sorry, Will Myers. You came to Tampa, you came to San Diego from Tampa when they were in a da- when they were in a down year. Right. Hosmer and Mustakis are that direct inject winning attitude, been there, done that, veteran presence that you need in that lineup and in that clubhouse. Like you said, Todd yeah. Frazier is only on a roster because he's a clubhouse guy. Couldn't agree yeah. more. Mustakis and Hosmer are Same super thing. That's contr- why I love Moustakis. But Moustakis and Hosmer are still playing in their prime. I That's why I love them so much, yeah. Right. I mean, let, let's be real here. The, the, the Padres can be good. The Padres, I'm, they're not wild card ready yet. Colorado is still f- far better than they are. You put a couple pitchers on that Padre roster, they're doing fine. I agree. Yeah, and I also think you need to make if, – if there's one team I could – I could, you know what? I'm going to make a prediction right now. They go and sign Machado. I wouldn't doubt it. And I'll tell you why. The Padres are consistently bottom third in attendance. You need, you need just a guy to, to who <coughs> will bring people through the gates. <coughs> Machado could definitely do that. And, and you know he's just going to go for the max money. That's, that's all he cares. Right. No, if, if, if the Padres float him a legitimate 225 to 250, he'll take it. And what's the worst thing in the world? You, you end up going to freaking San Diego? I'd live in San Diego. But whatever the case may be, I, I just it seems to me that the Padres can be good. They just need to, to bolster their rotation and their pen, and th- they can survive. And if you're the, the D-backs and the Giants, stop really holding up faith that your success is even going to happen. Just start selling. Embrace the suck and just start selling. I fully agree. Yeah. Now, to bring it home with the NBA... Freaking this Anthony Davis thing fascinates me. In many different ways. <laughs> right. I mean, I think announcing, like, you're Anthony Davis. You have no reason to be announcing that you want to trade because the second, you know, Wojnarowski or any of the NBA beat writers catch wind of this, it's going straight on Twitter. What What bothered me about Anthony Davis is saying that is there's no, everybody knew he was not going to stay there. Right. Including that GM. Why can't he just go to the GM and say, hey, man, listen, I'm not going to resign, but I want to get, I'm not going to say anything to anybody so this way you can get more from me. Right. Yeah, I, I don't. He screwed over his GM by, by going public. Yeah, and he fucked, he, he, yeah, he fucked over his locker room. I can't imagine, like you said, you, you fucked yourself out of talent knowing that he wants out, and there was never, it never, you never heard a thing about 
you know, him having any issues with the organization, the city, the fans. There was no, there was none of that shit. You know what it is, Luke? In today's NBA, if you want to win, you got to team up. Because of what the Warriors did, the Warriors set a standard. If you're gonna beat, if you're gonna win, you're gonna have to team up. Yeah. Now, and that, regardless of Demarcus Cousins, you're gonna have to do that. Right. But let's also be real here too. Like I know the Knicks have come out and said they want him. Don't you dare trade for Anthony Davis. You sign him in the offseason. Um, it depends what you give up, in my opinion. Dude, he, you know what it's going to cost. Yeah, but y- you don't because you know what value is. You're going to keep Porzingis. You're going to keep Porzingis. Right. No, but, well, what about this? I just want to throw a little theory out there. All right. Go ahead. Porzingis is a free agent at the end of the year. Yeah. What about the good old, I trade Porzingis to you, he re-signs the name. A sign-and-trade with Porzingis? That's and, they, and then he re-signs in the offseason with the Knicks. It's a possibility. That's not a terrible idea. I, Porzingis has to be excited about what the Knicks are showing. Even though they're not winning, they're not really getting blown out either. And the whole roster is like under 25. They are, that's the number one. The bigger thing is this. you got Zion Williamson and R.J. Barrett coming out of this draft. You are right now, if, it, if the chips fall where the standings fall where they end today, without the lottery pick, you get the number two overall pick, which means you get Zion or Barrett. And I've said that since I think the first, I've said that all year long. Yeah. It's the Knicks. You cannot trade this pick for Anthony Davis because you will end up with Barrett or Zion. You have to get one of those. Well, picks. there's no guarantee that you'll end up with Zion or Barrett. Or if any of the have, if you have the number two pick, there is right, but it's not. Remember, it's not based on record. <coughs> it's literally ping pong balls. And I, I think that they will. I think this is the year where you take that chance. I For sure. In the NBA, there's a big difference between great and good, as opposed to other sports where there's not that big of a difference. Right. For sure. No. If if you're one of the five worst teams in the NBA, you're best or you're better off just hanging on to that pick. Just because you know the probability, even though it's not mathematically the most in your favor, how many times have we seen the team with the most balls actually get the number one pick? Right. So your your best bet here's, is to actually hold off. Here's what makes this really interesting: is the Lakers have they have a bunch of chips they can trade for Anthony Davis, right? Yeah. Yeah, between Ingram and freaking. Lonzo Ball. Yeah. So the biggest thing that I heard is Lonzo Ball already came out and said, if I am traded for Anthony Davis, I'm only willing to play for the Knicks, if not LA. All right. I mean, I'll... That makes it very interesting, doesn't it? It does. It, it adds the injury. So I could see, I could see a thing in which, in which Nino Lakina is traded to the Pelicans for... Lonzo Ball. <coughs> yeah, th- th- but do you want to give up on Frank that quickly? He's getting better. It's not like you that was I, a bust pick. Right. And I'm, I'm not saying, and I'm not a crazy ball guy. Neither am I. But I'm not that doesn't mean the Yeah, we'll see. But yeah, I'm so. this whole thing is fascinating. I the the NBA trade deadline is usually pretty pretty active, so I'm looking forward to seeing how that plays itself out. Because yeah, you you yeah you know it's going to come down to the wire for that. It always does. Yeah, but on that note, let's wrap it up here. 
Because I, I know, yeah. Because I, I, yo, why not? So, all right, well, listen. Next week, I'm looking forward to discussing the Rams winning the Super Bowl. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No. We'll, we'll, yeah. We'll, 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 we we always have stuff to figure out and talk about, and we'll, you know, and we're on a little roll here. But yeah, take it easy up there. Don't freeze your ass off. Yeah. All right, man. Next week, episode number nine. Yes, sir. Be easy. All right. Bye. Peace. And that was episode eight of the Bleacher Creatures podcast. Again, for the people that are coming out and listening, you know, as always, thank you so much. Please give us a follow or a like on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and feel free to shoot us a topic suggestion to Facebook, Instagram, or the Gmail, which is bleachercreaturespodcast at gmail.com. Hope to hear from you, and happy listening. Bleacher Creatures Podcast. Bleacher Creature. 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 Bleacher Creature himself.